And I think you've raised a very, very important topic. Just looking at the stats before the show, in South Africa, one in six people suffer from stress and burnout. So very much in line with what the Northwest study found, 17% of people. And certainly in my coaching practice, I'm seeing more and more younger people suffering from this condition called stress and burnout. Specifically but what burnout. is burnout? Burnout is an extreme form. So let's differentiate stress is temporary and it's situation specific. So you can feel stressed about your show. Once the show is over, that stress Mm. is alleviated. But burnout is reactional and it is a gradual, longer term process. So it can be related to your work or relationships or health. But when that stress is prolonged over a period of time, and it's not alleviated, you end up with burnout. And the and burnout can lead to illness, disability, complete exhaustion, extinction of passion, and a sense of hopelessness and helplessness. And that's what frightens me. You know, when people come in and they have no sense of hope, a real sense of, of, of helplessness, and extreme depersonalization. So they often say, I don't even recognize who I am anymore. Mm. This is not me. And... Also, complete fatigue, just an inability to recover. Sometimes sleep doesn't even fix that Mm. sense of exhaustion. But, you know, I can imagine people listening, thinking, well, you must be exaggerating now, Kim, you know, uh, looking at some of the things you've mentioned, because those do seem to be extreme, uh, that it could lead to physical disability. Yes, it does. I think in... In my case, I turned 40, and within a few weeks, I'd lost my ability to speak. They said I had a form of Parkinson's. And I think what had happened in in my case, I had just been working extremely hard. I'd been supporting my husband, who was specializing at Barra. And just a culmination of stresses led to extreme burnout. And I had six years of not being able to speak, followed by cancer. So in my case, it was extreme. But I do see in my practice people with severe symptoms. They can't get up in the morning. They're un- unable to face their day because their sense of, of burnout is so, ext- so overwhelming. In the Northwest University study, they talk about uh, people who do administrative work, clerical work, being uh, seemingly more at risk of suffering burnout. But are there certain personality types uh, that are more at risk? Yes, I think so. I think that's a very good comment. I think your A-type personality is definitely at risk. They tend to be more perfectionistic. They can be pessimistic. They Also, I think when you have a personality that's not fitted with a job correctly, so you've got a nocturnal person doing a morning type job <laughs> and just struggling to make that fit. And again, with the, with the A-type personality, they are more at risk because their attention to detail, they go, go, go. And so all of those factors can lead to uh, an exacerbation of the situation. But why would people work so hard? I mean, surely there must be some triggers, you know, some signs and symptoms that uh, manifest to tell you something is going wrong. How does it get to the point where people don't recognize any of that to the point where they suffer burnout? I think you've raised an important thing. I think we're made up of three parts. We're cognitive, so our thinking, we're emotional, 
and then we have behavioral manifestation. And I think so often stress and burnout give us the signs and the symptoms in all those areas, but we ignore them. We don't want to face it. Maybe we don't know what they are. I think sometimes that is correct. I think your physical symptoms, especially with stress and burnout, are inability to sleep, muscle aches and pains, headaches, chronic fatigue, emotionally often feeling overwhelmed, depressed, and uh, lacking motivation and enthusiasm. And then at a cognitive level, people that are burnt out just say, I can't forget, I can't remember things. My short-term memory seems so bad. Um, I struggle to put things together. So when those things are starting to manifest, we need to ask ourselves, what is actually going on here? And it's not all bad news because coaching is an amazing tool. Coaching is really just putting up a a mirror to someone and saying, let's just take the time to look at the face in the mirror and see what's happening. And coaching reflects back so much of what's going on in your life. And someone said to me, coaching is a strategic thinking partner. So it's really someone who just comes alongside you in that situation and helps you to unpack, to look at some of the behavioral patterns, to look at some of the thinking patterns, because often our negative thinking spirals and it manifests then in emotional and behavioral symptoms. And as always, the lines are open so uh, you can call in and uh, participate in this discussion. Perhaps you recognizing some of those uh, symptoms as I am right now. Um, But uh, of course, we try not to self-diagnose because you know what that did to me a little while ago. But we also have with us this morning, uh, Shirley Waghorn, who is a single mother who suffered burnout after prolonged stress. Um, Stress over worry, over finances, over university fees for the children. Shirley, talk us through that. Good morning. Yes, it's exactly that. I was a single mother and I had three daughters, had to put them through school and through university. So I am a a personality, by the way. So I'm very driven and my whole life I've just managed to cope because what happens when I'm in a situation that's stressful, I just block the stress and I just do what I have to do. I go into action mode, which is one of the problems with an A personality. So what I was doing is I was working um, from four in the morning because I only need four hours sleep a night. That's sufficient for me. So I was working from four in the morning till one in the morning working. Uh, well, you can't do that forever. And I did that for decades. So that was a, a, eventually your body just is going to fall apart and just not be. But what was going through your mind? I mean, as you say, you can't do that forever. And just the mere mention of it, it, it sounds Ridiculous. It sounds crazy that you would work such long hours for such a long period of time. You know what happened to me is that it it was a fear of not having enough provision for my family and for myself. And and that that was my absolute, my actions were driven by fear. And it it was a strange thing because even though I knew that was happening, there was no ways I could put the brakes on. I just seemed to keep going, keep going, keep going until eventually there was just an all fall down and I couldn't cope. I was emotionally, I was be, uh, totally overwhelmed. Cognitively, I couldn't remember, couldn't think, couldn't put things together. If something happened, I would just fall apart uh, where normally I could say, okay, what do we do to fix this situation? I couldn't do any of that. I was just completely overwhelmed with myself and with life. And uh, you won't believe it, but it actually gets so bad that you, if someone asks you to make a cup of tea or wants to have a conversation with you, it's too much. It's like just one, everything is just too much. Another thing is too much. 
Now, that is quite extreme. And I was in that place of burnout for two years. And I went through a coaching process with Kim, actually. And and what I knew that I was in that place, but I didn't, I couldn't get myself out of it. So going through coaching and just understanding myself and what I needed to do to get out. Uh, because remember, coaching is a process where you understand yourself and you make the decision to get out of your situation. It's not like someone tells you what to do. They purely facilitate the process. Um, it maybe just gave me the confidence and the courage to climb out of that chair and climb into the chair that I knew, and I had to make changes. I had to stop working those long hours. I had to I had to physically make choices that stopped me from getting myself in that place. That couldn't have been easy, though, because you've done uh, and you've settled into this routine over a long period of time. It was incredibly difficult. It was incredibly difficult. And I would find myself automatically wanting to go there and having to stop, having to give clients notice, in fact, because I just knew that I couldn't I couldn't actually carry on the way I was, um, which is hard when, you, when you're fearful in terms of finance, you know, because you're just thinking, well, is this the right line to let go? Is this what? So there, there was a whole cognitive, literally cognitive decisions that I had to make to get myself out of that place. And, uh, you know, talking about what to let go, and I, uh, and I guess this is what many people would be struggling with. You are working harder because you need to make ends meet. Um, there are me- needs that need to be met, not necessarily your own, but others who may be dependent on you. Your daughters, how did they cope with all of this? Well, by the time I hit burnout, fortunately, they were all out of the house and um, had gone through university, had finished their degrees, and had, two of them were married. They were completely thrown by me being in the way I was. They didn't even understand it. They had a mother who just always coped and just always did what she had to. And suddenly they had a mother that couldn't cope, that the smallest little thing would send me over the edge emotionally and, and physically exhausted. I mean, I, did, I was absolutely exhausted all the time. So they battled. They really struggled with it, you know, and they didn't know how to solve it. I think because I was their mother. I think if it was an outside person, it would be easier to get perspective. But because mm. you're in this situation, it's quite hard, you know. So they were very glad that I went through a coaching process with Kim because they could see the, they could see the almost the weekly changes that happened because of the, the uh, yeah, just finding myself, you know, just getting the, a reality check and then just sh- making my own shifts in terms of that. And, you know, we're talking about burnout and I'd love to hear from young people this morning because people do tend to work, work and work Mm -hmm. some more. And in some instances, it's become a status symbol to say, oh, well, you know, I get up at 3 a.m. and I work until uh, 12 midnight. It's a status symbol to show how hard you work, how important you are. Uh, Makema Ofani says on Twitter, um, downing my first Red Bull and yawning through traffic. uh, This is where he's at right now. I'm burnt out. Uh, Work, work, work and more work I have a thousand things to do Mm, that's very common and I just would say to him it's just such an important thing to to literally stop and just say why is this happening what's driving me why am I needing to work like this and then but but, but then again I think as we've already established that's the difficult part getting yourself to stop Mm. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, I think Shirley, with Shirley, just working with Shirley, that was one of the difficult things, just saying your normal is so abnormal. 
So working until 12, you know, 12 or 1 in the morning and waking up at 4 and working again is not normal. So your boundaries are way out of control. And we need to just bring those boundaries back. So often it's boundary setting that is the problem. Our boundaries are just too lax or too wide, and we really have to learn to pull those in. But I want to come back to what I was saying uh, just now about the status thing. When you hear of the, uh, the people who are the most successful telling you about how much work they put in, the long hours, how nothing comes easily, then young people feel, well, perhaps that is the road to success. Absolutely. And I think they also feel guilty when they're not doing that. You know, I've got three children at university at the moment, and I just see how hard they're working and the behavior patterns they're learning that potentially can lead to long-term burnout. And we keep having to say to them, it's okay to take time off. you at university. You can doll. Uh, have those downtimes. But I think you're right. We see these people who are working ex- excessive hours. And I think particularly in certain professions, if I think of the helping professions, if I think of healthcare, healthcare, you're looking at um, 85% of emergency workers suffering from burnout and what they call compassion fatigue. It's a different form of burnout that you see in helping professions. Doctors, between 20 to 60% suffering from burnout and compassion fatigue because of the type of career they're in. So I think it's also dependent on the the type of work that you're doing, not just aspiring to work harder and harder as your your peers or your role models are. Just expand on compassion fatigue. What exactly is that? Compassion fatigue, It's we talk about the cost of caring. So someone that's gone into teaching, that gone into the emergency services like ER24 or gone into nursing um, or medicine, they've gone in because they are drawn, they want to help people. But when the the emotional dis-ease they are experiencing exceeds uh, the amount that they are giving out or the, the amount of compassion they're giving out exceeds what they have left inside of them, they, they're working on empty. They get what we call compassion fatigue. And it's a very difficult thing. My husband works in medicine. And I've seen him at times being so burnt out that he's just said, I, I just can't. I, I can't even deal with another patient. So that for me is, is very concerning. And it's one of the things that we look at in Canva Coaching, our business, is mm. this whole concept of compassion fatigue. It's very um, under-addressed. It's a new term internationally, and very few people are doing anything about it. So again, in addressing things like compassion fatigue, it's giving people a skill set to manage stress, to manage burnout, to manage the emotional tank when the reserves are just completely depleted, but you're in a position where you've got to keep caring. No, I mean, you can think of nurses, for instance, mm. where they're constantly dealing with sick people. Just hearing about trauma eventually traumatizes them when there is just nothing left to give. So it's a very serious problem, and it impacts people at a significant level. Well, uh, speaking about burnout this morning, and just reading through some of the tweets, I can tell you that our listeners identify very strongly, and perhaps we will revisit some of the signs and the symptoms that people ought to be on the lookout for uh, so that they can actually stop and just take stock of what is happening around them. As you say, recognize that their normal is not normal.
Absolutely. So um, let me read some of those messages. Uh, Sane says, I agree with the lady. I suffer burnout every day in my work. I hope it won't lead to any physical disability, though. You see, you are hoping. Mm-hmm. You, you are seeing the signs. It's manifesting. But somehow you are hoping that the worst won't come to pass. What do you say to that, Shirley, as someone who's been there? Once you've recognized that, you need to go and get help. You really do. Um Honestly, you need to go through a process. For me, coaching worked. And yes, there are other processes. But coaching for me was the most successful one, also because of my personality type. But you need to say, is this normal? Is this normal that I'm feeling like this every day? And what am I going to do about it? Because there's only two options. You're either going to get worse or better. This thing doesn't stay where it is. It either spirals downwards or you get yourself out of the situation. So honestly, my suggestion is that you would go and get help and get help soon so that you can feel better.